The Mittelstand. In Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, mid-sized companies make up a huge swath of the economy. In Germany, for example, the Mittelstand accounts for two-thirds of exports. Mittelstand companies are often family-owned through multiple generations, regionally rooted, and have employees who spend their careers at the firm. Yet, like every other segment of the economy, the Mittelstand isn't immune to external forces. I'm Greg Thomas from Workday. Today on the Workday podcast, we'll learn more about the challenges facing the Mittelstand and how companies are adapting. We're joined by Klaus Schatz, a partner at KPMG in Austria. Welcome, Klaus. Happy to be on your podcast. It's good to have you here. So, so let's just start a little bit with, with your background. How long have you been with KPMG and how did you come to, to, to be uh, an analyst and cover this space? Okay. So, um, well, I started KPMG uh, 15 years ago uh, by accident. Many of my colleagues at the university joined KPMG. Back then it was a classical audit company. <clears throat> and I'm, uh, I started informatics, so I'm out of the IT sector. Uh, when we started, we had just maybe one or two percentage of our people are in the IT sector. Now it's at least 10% and it's, and it's growing dramatically. So uh, everything is IT related right now. It's changed extremely. We are, I'm very into the, all the automation stuff and robotic stuff. So this is not just for external companies because obviously this is changing how they can uh, be more effective. It's also for us internally, for audit, for tax and obviously also for advisory. So it's growing very fast. And um, yeah, I turned partner uh, uh, two years ago and um, I have a small team of 20 people uh, joined by other IT advisory partners in, in Austria. So we're around 100 people in the IT sector. And uh, that's in, in Austria at least uh, quite a good size to have uh, decent projects. And um, yeah, that's how I started. Um, we, are, we are heading uh, towards 150, 200 people in IT in the next three to maximum five years. So this is the growing sector number one within KPMG. The reason for that is also that we have, um, we're doing many implementation projects. I mean, you're going into implementation. Obviously, the size of the project is growing and you need much more capable uh, IT people than just for, for the, the management function or just for the strategy piece. Implementation is by far the largest piece and uh, we are going this very fast and uh, very, very dramatically. And this is how we came upon uh, different, um, different applications in the market. Uh, so this is how we came across uh, Workday. And uh, we have <coughs> implemented several f for several years on, on, on different big big companies, and uh, it turned out that this is quite a good opportunity for us in in in, in the Dach region as well, because um, there are, on the one side there are many companies U.S. U.K. focused, and they have their their uh, companies in in the Dach region as well, and it's quite different from a labor perspective. And in the HR area, the, many of, of our clients they have they're quite not not old but mid-aged, and so they are not grown up having English so they want to have local knowledge and local language and this is uh, well, how we are trying to set up in the market. Wonderful so let's get on a little bit to to that mid-market um, so for for listeners here in the Dach region they'll be quite familiar with the, with the Mitchellstown for those outside they, they may not so maybe give us just a short background on 
Uh, what is the Mitchell Stand, and, yeah. and and you know what's the importance of it in in the local regional economy? When it comes to Mittelstand or small and medium enterprises, how you could rate them? There are different different methods. So one is uh, what kind of what's the number of employees, what's the number of turnover. Not the medium, but the small enterprises. They have up to 250 people, uh, and and the medium sized maybe up to two or three thousand. There's no official exp- rule for that, but. Uh, uh, those companies, they are in Austria and in the Dach region overall, account for over 99.5% of all companies. That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's so, in other words, it's just a half a percent are, are the, the large enterprises. Obviously, they account not for half a percent of, of people employed. It's about 30%. But still, 70% of all employees are employed in small and medium enterprises. Uh, and uh, they have a very long tradition. And it's not just the content they are creating. Obviously, they change over time. They, they didn't produce all the, the stuff. All the, They had to go with the flow. These small and medium enterprise companies, they are owned and they are in, in, in 10th or 15th generation sometimes and they obviously change the products they, they produced uh, because demand changed but still they have a very long tradition. One thing that's very different when you do um, uh, when you consult them it's they don't think in, in, in quarters or in years they, they sometimes think in generations and this is the very different and this also is true when it comes to employees when you do a strategy piece of work going on different markets doing offshoring or, or, or shared service centers this is hard for them <clears throat> because this could mean that also they are not they are not not just the, the, the owners are in the in, in the second or third generation but also their their employees and so they have a long tradition they know each other very well they have they are very well instituted in the rural areas, and you have to keep that in mind when you're doing, uh, when you when you try to consult them and, and try to change them when it comes to strategy. So that's that's very different than a, than yeah. a large enterprise for certain. So when you when you think about the types of challenges that that yeah. face the Mitchellstein, you talked about some of them: rural areas, uh, generational thinking rather than quarter by quarter. How does that impact? the way that, uh, that those companies run their business and, and how they, they plan for the future, how they think about what they need um, to, to really be doing to stay relevant. When it comes to challenges, I think the, the number one challenge is definitely it's uh, the lack of skilled workers. Uh, we have so many companies, not just in Austria and Switzerland and Germany as well, they could grow much faster, but simply they can't because they don't have a, a lack of, of, of skills. And so this is their number one problem they are facing. And the second is all the digital transformation. If you are a large enterprise, you have skills, knowledge, you have maybe <coughs> enough budget to, to hire all, all, all kinds of experts to do that. But if you're a small, medium enterprise, you don't have this, this kind of knowledge. In the end, uh, owners or uh, business owners, they are unsure what to do. They don't know. They just think that there is this large cloud, this dark cloud over them. It's called digital and transformation and you need to do something but nobody tells them what and in what in what order and so this is the second problem they're facing the, the how to to deal with the transformation piece it's very hard for them the competition on the market i think it's a third topic it's it's increasing as well but uh, most of the medium enterprises they are very focused on what they do we have around 300 hidden champions in austria alone so they are in their market segment, have over 50% of the market share. 
so they don't have a problem with with so much problem with uh, with competition still it's growing but it's it's hard to compete in this very small area so this this might be a challenge but it's not the biggest one at least in the Dach region when it comes to uh, all the taxes we have and 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 all the costs you have to need to pay this is this is very demanding because uh, we had one one case uh, of a, of a company they produced <clears throat> a very simple product but a very effective one and they had they faced a problem that uh, the one competit- competitor uh, tried to copy that in a very low cost area in in north of africa and you can't compete against that it's impossible so what to do mm-hmm. and uh, for them the digital topic was very important because now it's not just the product itself but it's combined with some digital elements to it and this is hard to copy you can copy maybe a product or a piece of whatever you create but not not the software the logic the the go to market the, the how how you interact with customers this is something that takes time and takes uh, knowledge and you can't copy that so fast so this is how they move forward to stay ahead of the competition so so that's a a number of things uh, that, that you touched on there. Let, let's go back and, and go deeper on a couple of them. So you, so you mentioned the lack of, of skills, finding the right um, employees, and, and even with the percentages of the, of the economy taken up by, by the mid-market, um, I'm sure there's competition for, for where a worker's going to go. So how are you advising your clients um, how do they handle that that mm-hmm. skills challenge? Yeah, great question. Well, I think the, first of all, um, it somehow changes. It's not that uh, that if you're looking for a new job, it's not that you are there and and you try to persuade that the company should take you. It's the other way around, actually. And this is something we tell them. It's it's not it's it's you as a company need to persuade people. Why should they work for you? What's mm. your story? What are you producing? What are what is your future? What is your strategy? Uh, for a, a company as, as a whole, but for in my, in my, in my uh, expertise in IT as well. People ask, why should I work for you? Mm. And this is completely different because they, didn't, they don't expect that kind of question. Uh, and uh, this is something we prepare them for. They need to have a story. Obviously, they need to have a strategy first to tell the story. It shouldn't be something that's invented. <laughs> it should be, be on, 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 on legal grounds, but still, you need to have a story. So, so can you give us an example without necessarily naming a client, but when, when you think about that story that they need to tell, what, what does that look like? What does mm-hmm. that sound like? Yeah, we had, we had one uh, hospital in Austria. Uh, it's in the western part of Austria. And uh, they, uh, they had a lack of skills in, in all areas, but in IT as well. And uh, they asked us, well, first of all, I asked them, why should I work for you? And, and very direct. And, and they are very, they're stunned. They don't know what to react. They don't know how to, what to say. <laughs> so you need to have an answer for that question first. And then we had a workshop during two or three hours. We came up with nice solutions. First of all, we said, uh, if you work for us, you can work in an area where most of the people have, go for on holidays. So you work in an area, you can do on your leisure time, creativities, you could go hiking, you can go biking, paragliding, skiing, etc. So other people have to travel for that, you work in this area. And this was something that they say, well, but that's not that special. And I told them, maybe for you, because you, you lived here for the, for the last <laughs> 2,000 years, but not for different, for, for people outside. So this is one thing. The second, it was a hospital. So there are many people out there seeking a greater sense in what they do. It's not just a job and the money and whatever, but in the end, you're improving systems that 
help uh, cure people. A sense of purpose. Yeah, and, and that's important. And this is something they somehow knew, but it wasn't explicit to them. It was implicit. The third one was very important. They had, they had um, a very, very uh, low turnover rate. So it, once you work for them, it's a very safe job. You know, we have, we have an environment where many people look for something that's safe. You can stress that. Mm. So going this, these are different arguments, and I think this is one thing that's, that's the most important question here is or the situation for the companies. You need to be aware that you need to be prepared for that, for this question. Which is interesting, because as, as you started to, to talk about the skills, oftentimes the traditional story is as a prospective employee, I need to sell the company on mm -hmm. the skills that I bring, which I'm sure is still part of the conversation. But that notion that the company then needs to present itself as a compelling and desirable place to work, that, that is a slightly different story for yeah, sure. Obviously, just it's, it, this is true for, for the, the areas of where you have lack of skills. But that's the, that's the most important problem or the most important uh, topic for, for the small and medium. They cannot grow fast enough because they have a lack of skills. Mm. And we even had situations that uh, companies paid not just for the job, they, they, had, they tried to have an arrangement for their wife, for their kids, have a kindergarten, school, everything, housing, just to, to, to move them. You might want to move to Vienna or Salzburg because you know these cities. But if I told you to move to, I don't know, some rural area you had never heard of, it's hard to figure out that this might be even nice for, for a living quality. So this is something they really take uh, lots of money to, to shift people and, and to make them stay in the new area. In the area. Uh, so let's let's go on to another thing you mentioned, which was was the notion of, of high taxes, uh, uh, works councils, lots of regulation um, in in some industries that are quite export driven. And so, how does how do you advise your clients, or what do they face when when they think about the environment around taxes, regulation, mm -hmm. and, and the like, and and you know, competing on a global scale? Mm -hmm. Well. <clears throat> we will never be a world champion when it comes to taxes. <clears throat> we will always be probably <laughs> more expensive or more percentage than other countries. So I guess it's hard to change. But there is a very, very, very stable situation. So, so the Workers' Council, or we don't have too many days off because of, of, of some strike. The Workers' Council are quite modest, so this is important as well. And there is some, something that's coming up extremely fast. <clears throat> and uh, we call it, uh, at KPMG, we call it intelligent automation. So we, we try to help the companies to automate as much as possible. And all the low-level stuff. So it's nothing very important, nothing that you would want to do all, all, your, all day long. Manual tasks. So, and as soon as you do that, um, I think you can be a little bit more competitive each, each and every task you automate because it's the same amount of effort and if it's automated, it's the same. Mm. It's the same for when you go into production. Uh, if you can produce with just limited labor and it's automated, there is no difference producing it in Austria than in, in India because the, the equipment itself will cost more or less the same. And uh, maybe you have um, lower wages in India, but you have more governance and steering complexity when you do that. So there is a huge shift uh, that with, with automation and it comes in industry for, no, for uh, 4.0 or smart industry. And if this is automated, you can do it practically everywhere you want. 
And this is what we try to shift them towards because in the end it's, that's make, that makes them more competitive right now. So one other issue, and then we'll come back to digital transformation and the role of technology. Um, for, for companies that, that are family-owned, you mentioned 10, 15 generations. That's decades, if not centuries, of, of family ownership and, and long-term employment as well. What kind of challenges does that, um, does that create in terms of continuity and, 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 and keeping the, the company in the, in the family while remaining competitive and, and a, and a desirable place to work. We have, we, are, we have in uh, KPMG, we have um, a family business barometer, it's called. Uh, and this is now for the sixth year running. And we asked uh, companies, what about your future? What about your problems you have? What about your succession plan and everything else? And one of the toughest challenges they have is uh, to find someone to take over the company. Uh, because many young people, they don't want to step into their mother's or father's shoes. They want to do something else. They have own plans. And this is very hard when you're a, an old family-owned business. For them, it's very hard to, to implement external management. So in, in this case, it's quite hard for them to let go mm. for external one. But sometimes there is no other choice. They, this is the only one they have. And, and uh, I know many of, of them, uh, they are in the same age uh, like like I am, so around 40, and they should take over their father's own business, but they don't want to. If it's a good business, they have some money on their bank account, so they have different choices. And for them, it's quite tough. And there are hundreds of thousands of companies in, in Dach region alone in the next five to 10 years who need uh, to, to figure out what to do next. And uh, this is a generational topic. So now all these generations, they are... Uh, 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 retiring, and there's limited people who really want to take over this mm. uh, this piece of work. Sometimes there's creating uh, nice opportunities. How to figure out together with with at least uh, with the with the the, own, the owner and his and his uh, children, and how to steer this uh, emotional and and still very um, uh, interesting topic of succession planning uh, that sometimes creates tensions. So let's, let's talk about one of the things that I think is particularly interesting about uh, the mutual stand, and that is that in order to, to survive and thrive, perhaps especially outside of population centers, partnering with, with universities and, and ways to uh, attract, grow uh, talent, how, what does that look like? Talk about that. There's many companies in Austria in the, in the Mittelstand uh, they don't have uh, specific business fa functions like uh, marketing or, or, or when it comes to programming software or when it comes to invention. So they are really heavy into uh, innovating by collaborating with universities. And this is a win-win situation for them. First, the universities as well, they need to have some, some third-party topics they can deal with. Uh, they need some ideas that they can try on. And uh, second is that companies, they get in contact with students. They might need later in, in their own companies. So uh, it's a win-win situation for both of them. It's they, they, might, they might create something very innovative so that helps the company uh, stay ahead. And they might find some skilled people at the university or maybe one step below. It's in, in Austria, it's, there is a large uh, institution, uh, education institution, it's called HTL. Höhere technische Lernstalt, a very technical, uh, technical area, uh, and you, most of them they are after school already. They are 
they are uh, being uh, squeezed out of school and, and, and companies try to get them as fast as, as they can, even before they start their university career. So the, the, the earlier you get into this or the earlier you, you present yourself in HTL or in your in technical universities, the better it is. We did that in Austria as well. It was, was a very nice situation. We created some apps within HTL and, and then one or two people turned out to be, well, they might be good for us in our company. So it's good for them, for the teachers, for the, for the school itself, uh, because they, again, can, can use that uh, to say, well, if you go to our school, we have so many contacts to good and large companies and you, you learn interesting stuff. And for us, it's, I think it's a win-win situation. Let's go talking about digital. You, you mentioned earlier it's a cloud kind of hanging over some of these companies. Expand on that. Why is it such a challenging topic for, for the Mitchellstand? Hmm. Um, first of all, um, and this is something that's, I, I guess, quite specific for at least Austria, Germany as well. Switzerland is not that different in this area. Uh, they are kind of uh, afraid of what they don't know. And they don't know what cloud is. So they are typically, they say, well, what's happening? What's happening to my data? Uh, if I turn to a cloud provider and I'm not happy with him, how can I turn this back? Is there is this, is this a one-way road or how to, how to figure out <coughs> this, this topic? And uh, so first of all, they are, they are afraid. And second, uh, we have very strong uh, GDPR rules, etc., Sometimes they act as an excuse, I guess most of the time. <laughs> but still, as long as, as, as the excuse is taken, at least this is an excuse and they don't want to do that. It is a different um, way of thinking though, right? Yeah. It's, it, you know, yeah. in, in the on-premise days, I had a server, maybe a number of servers sitting in the corner. I had all the attendant challenges. I had to manage it, I had to secure it, et cetera. But it was there, I, I, maybe I felt some level of control. Whereas in, in the cloud, it's a partnership. It's, it's I have someone that I'm walking with uh, on a journey, and it, it is a different way of thinking, isn't it? It is, uh, and you, just, you should be aware of that. Most of the cloud companies, they are, are not from Europe. Let's say most of them probably are from yes. Uh, that's not good or bad, but that's a fact. And there has been some, some problems regarding that in the last years and, 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 and the, the degree of how much trust is in there. So, so this, is, this is everything that's emotional, kind of. So this, this prevents it a little bit. And I see this for European cloud providers because they do a very good marketing job to definitely point out in each and every occasion that they are a European-owned cloud provider and that data is stored in Europe only, and this is definitely something that's that's important. So it's just just a, this is just a, a gut feeling. So so they they don't trust it and they don't know what to do. And it's US and maybe I don't know. But uh, to be honest, uh, this is changing. We see uh, because of the lack of skills, there is no choice for them anymore. You can house your own your every IT dep uh, um, IT hardware and software in house on premise. But you need skills and people for that. And if you don't have them, you don't have the choice anymore. And this is something that, that, that's moving quite dramatically, that's shifting. And I think that's like the, maybe not the popcorn effect. It takes a long time until the first one pops. But <laughs> if it starts, it's going very fast. And I think that's the same applies here. So there is one or two uh, market leaders that they, they are going for this shift. 
and the rest will follow. So you need to figure out who is one of the uh, one of the very new uh, the first kernels. Yeah, well, what's <laughs> the first? And and if they if they switch, uh, this will the, the word is spread very fast, and so the popcorn effect in the, in the end uh, will take care of us. So let's uh, dive into GDPR and, and data privacy just a, a little bit. Is is that a particular challenge for for the, the Mitchellstein? Maybe because of those those IT skills issues and and the like, or is it, or is it like any other company? It's just something we need to to conform to. Again, same again when it when it comes to uh, digital or innovation. Um, the GDPR, the rule is for each and every company, it's the same. So if you're a small company, you need to figure out what to do with that. You don't have security specialists or or or, or uh, people in this area. So it's, again, hard for yourself to figure out because law is for, for each and every company the same. And it was very hard in Austria and there was was, was very, very much uh, headache for many owners of, of companies how to do that in, in, a, in a balanced way. Because it's not the GDPR itself. It, nobody tells you what exactly need, you need to do. And uh, this is something that's uh, can really cost a lot amount of money, uh, but you, in the end you don't know was this enough or was it maybe too much. So typically you would hesitate a little bit and say, well, let's 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 try to do it on a very low scale first, and if it turns out that there's maybe not enough, we will we will improve that later. But most of them needed external advice on that. Typically, the small and medium enterprise they are very well connected. So uh, they are exchanging ideas uh, lots of times. So this is very important for them to stay ahead. And also IT leaders, they have their really good uh, um, uh, groups and meetings and, and to, to help them themselves in the end. Uh, so this is one, thing that, one way they can help. If, if someone's listening, uh, perhaps they're, they're an owner of a, of a Mitchellstein company and they're, they're thinking about these issues, what advice would you give them to... To, to prepare and to, to, to be able to, to maintain that continuity, keep the company perhaps in the family, what's top of mind for you? Yeah. So I, I guess uh, it's everything about digitalization the next few years. Uh, it's not just a password. And I would advise them not to have one big digitalization strategy and then figure out what to do, but to do pieces by pieces. It's, there are small components to it in each and every area. There is no, 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 no start and no end. This is not a project. It's a this process. Is a, this is a process. This is a cultural change. And uh, I would advise them not to be afraid of what's, what's happening, but, but to be on, on the forefront and, and try to use that because this might make some differentiation in the future. Uh, and just start with it. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I want to thank Klaus Schatz from KPMG for joining us today on the Workday Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to the Workday Podcast. And thanks for listening. Thanks for having me, Greg.